0: Welcome back to Zooch and Wild College Football Podcast. What episode is this? this episode five? Five. five. Man, this has been... The season's been flying. The season's been flying. I've been having too much fun.
1: It always goes too
0: fast. These, what, four... <laughs> I mean, we, we've done... This is week four? After, yeah, this will be a month in after this week. It'll be a third of the way through the season. That's, that's crazy. I feel like we just started yesterday. Oh, well. I mean, yeah. The last week's games, they kind of were... Like we thought they were, they are. This, this is my Dennis Green. They are who we thought they were. It was what what we thought it was, uh, minus Dion's game. Uh, kind of a little middling games. There was some excitement that we'll get into, but not the initial shocks and drama. I would say of the first two weeks.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was. There was a few games that, like South Carolina was up what fourteen to three at halftime, and they mm-hmm. did what South Carolina seemingly always does and. Blew that game. Tennessee was.
0: It's because they were eating hot dogs at the half.
1: Yeah, it's because they are eating hot dogs at
0: the half. <laughs> Yeah,
1: Tennessee is looking like they're back to doing what they always do, which speaking of them, the funniest stat I've heard in a while is that Joe Milton has never thrown a touchdown pass on the move. I am. On the what? Baffled. On the move. Like he has never been moving and thrown a touchdown pass. Yeah, yeah, know, Moonball
0: Milton, Moonball Milton. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's all we. <laughs> unfortunately, that's all he can throw. But yeah, speaking of last week, let's get into the game that I'm sure everyone wants our opinions of. Uh, Colorado versus Colorado State. Man, uh, where do I even begin? That was insane. That this was the game I watched the whole way. I I, I went to Alcatraz this weekend. And I was watching it on my phone because it was just so intense. I mean, where do I begin? Should I begin with the fact that, I mean, CSU played their butt off, that one uh, Horton, the receiver for CSU, balled out. Um, I mean, I think this is a game that CSU should be proud of. Um, The one thing that they shouldn't be proud of is the penalties at the end killed them. If they clean up the penalties at the end, we are probably sitting here going, holy crap, this is the biggest upset of the season so far.
1: Yeah, and they just ran into that, and it's typical, I think, of, head coaches in football, they try to outsmart themselves a lot of the time. And if you're CSU, it's a relatively close game throughout it. But when you're throwing these like slant routes and drag routes, stuff like that, it was working the whole game. And then they just stopped. They stopped doing it. And I don't understand like I get
0: they got back to it, it even on the first overtime drive. They got close to the goal line and scored their first touchdowns because uh what's his face? Horton ran the drag.
1: Yeah, and I just don't understand. First off, I didn't understand why they didn't go for two when they got the ball second. That's what I was thinking. Scored. My, I'm like, you have to like I, I almost feel like when teams are overmatched, like your luck is mm-hmm. gonna run out at some point. And you know what
0: my yeah, my initial thought goes to the classic 07 Fiesta Bowl with Boise State, and it's, it's the – I don't know who's the announcer on the game, but it's the beautiful soundbite. It, it, it's at some point when you're uh, David, you have to stop throwing punches with Goliath and go for it Yeah, because at just... some point, Goliath is going to lean on you, and that's what Colorado did. I will say about Colorado, I mean, switching over to their front, Shadir Sanders looks like a beast. Like he, I think he that second half performance showed why he's still a Heisman contender.
1: Yeah, he is, which people are trying to flip the narrative a little bit now. 99% of people said coming into this season, their max was winning three games, right? Their, mm-hmm. I mean, even Vegas had their over under it, three or three and a half, whatever it was. And now they're flipping it to, oh, well, TCU and Nebraska aren't that good. Fine, maybe they won't be that good, but that's you're moving the goalpost. Yeah, like, and it's fine to admit. Oh, yeah, we might have you know underestimated them a little bit. Not, I'm not saying that they're going to go 12 and 0, but for them to be 3 and 0, and but they're a perfect example of coaching. Like they do what works. Like yeah, they'll take deep shots every so often, but they know their line is
0: kind of Dion, nimble. Dion has them playing. I think the word you said was perfect. They are playing like themselves. They know, and it was kind of exposed a little bit in Colorado State, where Colorado State started to bully them up a little bit. They started to get some pressure. I think that's a weakness of the Colorado. Is kind of what I've been saying the last couple of weeks is that offensive line, they play hard, and, they're play, and they play well. Dion has them playing well. But there is a talent gap compared to their front seven play and their skill play, in my opinion. But, I mean, Dion has not playing hard. And, I mean, are we going to address the elephant in the room on this game, the hit on Travis? What are your opinions of that and, so, and everything that has transpired since then?
1: So, I, as you know, I'm a big Deion supporter. I, we've talked about it all season. I was ecstatic when he went there. You picked like, them to win against TCU first week. Yeah, so I, I, thought, they, I thought they were going to be pre- decent to pretty good, not going to win the national title, and I still don't think they are going to win the national title. But I don't – I kind of agree with what Deion Sanders said because he had to address all the people like sending that uh-huh. kid death threats and stuff. I don't think it was like this outrageously dirty – yeah, it was late and probably should have been a penalty, but I don't think it was, you know, even close to some of like the dirty hits we've seen in football before. Like it was just a no, – to me that was like a – like – that I understand people being mad hit. about it, but that is—that was kind of like how the game was going mm-hmm. for the whole time. Like there was, Shador Sanders tried to like gouge that guy's <laughs> eyes out. Like yeah. that, and like, I don't have a problem. Like I mean, if he had like really hurt the guy, I'd been like, oh, that's not good. But it was a rivalry game that had a lot of heat, which made it. I mean, like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was like the most watched game of the week, and it started at ten o'clock Eastern time.
0: Now it was so, crazy. It was the most. It was the highest viewed Pac-12 after dark ever. And if you compare it to last week's Pac-12 after dark, and this was a big Pac-12 after dark, it was Cal who was 1-0 versus Auburn, who's one of the largest teams and largest fan bases in the country. And it tripled their rating. This Colorado-Colorado State right. game tripled their rating. It's insane. But I agree with you. I mean, this is a play. It's it's a rivalry game hit. This is something that happens. Yes, it, it it probably was dirty. He probably was trying to go, I'm going to hit him. He's been talking a lot of crap. I'm going to pop him and see what's best. He definitely wasn't trying to send him to the hospital. But yeah, yeah he was trying to hit him. And I, just to send death threats to him, and especially his family, I think was just very uncalled for. But I do I, – people – I don't know how you can hate Dion. I think people hate the idea of Dion more than hating Dion. I think they look at him, and from the outside, you can be like, man, this guy's a real prick. This, this guy is such an asshole. He's, like, so bravado, and, no, oh, I'm better than everyone, and I'm the biggest D-bag in the world. It's like, no, that's just – it's just the swagger of Dion. Like, at,
1: the, at his core, a like, he is a good like, dude.
0: He is – like, he's he said all the right things. He said this kid shouldn't get death threats and that the program should move on.
1: Right, and, he, like, that's always how he's been. He, did like, did a rap video at FSU when he was playing there. Because in that, the U documentary, they talk like the Miami guys are like, oh, look at this guy, Deion Sanders, calls himself primetime, releasing a rap video. That's, he showed up to the NFL draft in a limo, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's like that, it's like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but like it makes the sport better to have, you know, like, there's not many coaches right now that have a personality that you're, you no. either watch them because you want them to win or watch them that because you fired. want them to. No one's got the lose. swagger that
0: Dion's got. I, and, no, I mean, he, I'm trying to think. The only one that comes close to me is actually Lane Kiffin. I, I I really can't think. I can't think of another coach that even comes close to Dion in terms of just aura and invigorating energy into players.
1: Right, and even he said going back to the hit. Like there was a moment in fall camp that I saw someone had tweeted out that there was like a fight at fall camp, which I don't know if people know this, but. I have worked at multiple fall camps. There was a few fights, every single one of them. It's hot. You're trying to move up in the depth chart. It's a heated time. So Colorado, these Colorado guys got in a fight and Deion Sanders got mad at the guys who weren't in the fight. And he's like, "If one of you fights, all of you better be fighting. So, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what he was kind of saying with the hit. Like maybe some people might see it as late. Some people might just see it as a football play. So I don't people shouldn't have been sending the guy death threats. Like, I mean, if it was, you know, if Travis Hunter had done that to somebody, they would have been, like, they would have loved it if they were Colorado fans. They'd have been like, oh, he plays, like, with a chip on his shoulder. Like, these guys were talking to him the whole game. Like, it, and every fan base does that. If it Mm -hmm. happens to you, you get mad. If it, Mm -hmm. if it's your team doing it, you defend the guy Mm
0: -hmm. no matter what, so. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what Colorado does. We'll we'll talk about the their upcoming game a little bit later. But another thing last week, that some perennial SEC powers, that the SEC is not looking too strong this year. That, I mean, you look at Tennessee. Tennessee lost to um, Billy. What was what was the um, uh, the nickname you used? Sunbelt Billy. Yeah, Sunbelt Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> Tennessee lost to Sunbelt Dilly. Alabama had a poor showing against South Florida. And Georgia almost Georgia was only uh they only one by ten against the South yeah, Carolina was... team that can't seem to block a JUCO team.
1: Yeah, there was not a good over and Arkansas lost to BYU. It was not a mm-hmm. like good overall week for the conference. I don't know if that's going to hold up, because I feel like this has happened before where, you know, people try to say, oh, like, the SEC isn't as strong, and then we get to later in the season and the playoff and stuff, and then whoever's in there from the SEC wins the games like 41 to
0: nothing, and then... I guess, so I'll, I guess if, if I'm playing an SEC devil's advocate... And you're trying to like explain what happened, and you're an SEC fan, you can say, Well, Arkansas was always terrible, so that that doesn't count. Tennessee was always overrated, so of course they were gonna lose the Sunbelt Billy, which is just a great nickname, by the way, Sunbelt Billy. And and then you and then you could say, Well, Alabama was playing Ty pick six Buckner because Tommy Reese's PCs wanted to start as boy instead of the better player in Jalen Milrow. And, you know, I heard something from Josh Pate that was very interesting. And you can tell me if if you think I'm wrong, because I agree with Josh Pate's opinion here, where he thinks that the Alabama team, when Ty Buckner got the start, kind of went, what the hell? Like, he's not the better player. Jalen Milrow's the better player. And kind of, like, showed up with no energy and kind of quit on Tyler Buckner before the game even started.
1: No, I could absolutely see it, because it was a weird... Like, that was a weird move to begin with because I didn't think, like, Jalen Miro has, he's hadn't been great. He's been okay, but you, like, I don't think normally, he's been bad, though. Yeah. Normally with Saban, a lot of the times, like, here recently, it's changed because he had Tua and Jalen Hurts and, and Mac uh, Jones, Bryce Young. Bryce. Mac, yeah. So, all guys who are starting in the NFL right now. But before that, it was, you know, Guys who weren't the star of the team, like, uh-huh. uh, the who, the one guy that, uh, I want to say Brody Croyle, but that's not it. He was before Jake Samson. Coker. Jake Coker, Blake, yeah. Like, Jake
0: Blake Sims. <laughs> Blake Sims. Uh, I mean, like AJ Parker McCarron Wilson was pretty was good. AJ Jay,
1: McCarron was okay. was pretty like, good, but,
0: like, Greg Mac- McElroy. He, he yeah, won a Greg, natty with Greg McElroy.
1: He won a natty with Greg McElroy going 6 of 12 for, like, 36 yards <laughs> in the national title game. But... I could see that because I I think once you name a starter, unless they are playing this piss poor, you can't pull them after, you know, the first game where you lose and they might have struggled a little bit. Especially for a guy who was not like basically told at Notre Dame, like, yeah, we are not going with you. Like that's what that was is we're you know what, having I think Sam it is, Hartman I transfer- think it's Tommy
0: Reese trying to justify hey, I'm going to bring my guy in. It's it's the classic, like, hey, this is, like, my show now. I'm going to bring my guy in. I'm going to try to prove. He's probably like, man, I'm going to bump bump up Tyler Buckner against a bad USF team, and then I can be the hero. He says like, yeah, my system works. My guy's still good. I mean, when I was watching the game, I caught a little bit of it. It almost seems like the team was more – like hyped up when what was the third stringer Simpson got in? Yeah. When Buckner was in. Like they almost seemed to like get a little pep in their step when Simpson got into the game. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, like we'll talk about later, Alabama's kind of got a huge game this week. But yeah, anything else about this last week that you want to touch on?
1: Not really. It was kind of just uh like there's not many memorable games. There wasn't. Like I watched a little bit of the Tennessee Florida game. Uh Sounds I fell hilarious. asleep during that south carolina georgia game i don't i I
0: think half of america did too
1: yeah it was just like that that was i guess uh
0: i guess the one thing we do have to touch on is uh mizzou what a win what a win congrats mizzou you know we almost forgot about you mizzou but congrats and that's enough about this field goal yep and that's enough of our mizzou talk for the rest of the season so (laughs) you're welcome you're welcome mizzou fans but yeah anything else I don't think so. Like I said, it was just kind of a
1: whatever week. There's nothing that changed much, I don't think, from this last week. Like I don't think anyone thought Tennessee was going to run the table or anything like
0: that. So, All right. Well, guess we can move on to, to the biggest week of the season so far. I was counting this up, so I'm going to bring this up. There is one, two, three, four. I've counted five ranked versus ranked matchups five ranked versus ranked matchups, not including FSU versus Clemson, not including other ranked teams who are playing good programs that aren't ranked. So we are going to have a little bit of a longer for the uh, top storylines going into next week. We're going to cover every single ranked versus ranked matchup plus FSU versus Clemson. So we're going to start with FSU versus Clemson. Uh, I think FSU is going to win this game. Uh, I don't I don't think they're going to kill him, but I think it's going to be somewhat handily. And I think it's going to be because Clemson plays poorly, not so much FSU playing well. I think FSU, I mean, you, you saw their last week's game versus Boston College. They kind of got saved. I mean, Boston College almost beat them. Uh, I, I think FSU is going to come back, uh, play a well enough game. I think the defense is going to be really good for FSU. The offense, I think, will be a little meddling, but I think... Clemson is going to have kind of like that week one performance where they just kind of look meddling in this game.
1: I agree. I would pick FSU, but if FSU loses this game,
0: they're toast. They're host. Eight and four. Like, yeah, they will a, unravel so fast.
1: It's a must. It's a, a weird, like, must win for both of them, but I almost feel like it's like with where FSU is right now, it's like a more of a must win i guess because they have like national title aspirations not that clemson didn't coming into the year but you know i think people are kind of writing off clemson a little bit uh more than they were fsu but if clemson comes out and wins this clemson's ranked again they could Mm -hmm. theoretically win out and I mean, if they're twelve and one, they're going to be close to the playoff. I don't care. If like, they're twelve what...
0: and one, they you get a shot. I mean, the that last week one's not. I mean, if Duke ends up playing well, then they would need they would probably need to beat Duke again, right? In The ACC championship game. But no, I'm excited. This is the early game that's exciting me the most. This is your coffee game. If you're on the West Coast for Mountain Mountain time, you wake up and you watch this game. It's going to be uh, exciting. Uh, the next ranked matchup we want to talk about is the big one, Ole Miss and Alabama. This is the big one for Zuch. It's uh, a huge one.
1: It's a this is a This must is win, the Civil War
0: and uh, Zuch's family. So this is one. I'll let Zuch kick it off with this one.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's year four now for Lane Kiffin. So it's, uh, you know, it's all his guys now, you know, with how last year went and him kind of, and I think it's just his personality, but him kind of, like, playing into a little bit the going to Auburn rumors and not ever really coming out. And <laughs> Come on. Hashtag come to the SIP.
0: Hashtag come to the SIP.
1: Well, there was a, like, week span, like, leading up. I'm trying to think who they played before. Mississippi State. I don't remember off the top of my head who it was, but he was, like retweeting like reporters who said that like the deal was finalized and he's like i haven't heard of that like so i was like would just be on twitter like for hours like are you actually like what are you doing here because like <laughs> i think you're trolling but you know it's auburn and they have like more, more funding that kind of
0: stuff than old miss does they got that one guy in alabama who's like the the lumber guy <laughs> uh, yeah at auburn uh, the yellow fella the yellow fella.
1: <laughs> the yellow fella. Single-handedly, I think, like, bought out Brian Harson. But, yeah, it's like this <laughs> is funny. The next couple of weeks, they have Alabama and they have LSU. So, if you lose both of those, you're not going to the SEC title game. If mm-hmm. you lose one, it's still going to be pretty hard. You would have to basically win out from here. So, I think that he really does – not that, you know, if they go – Ole Miss a little bit if they go 10 and 2 and play in the Sugar Bowl, their fans are going to be happy. Like, they're, you yeah, know, we get to go to New Orleans and party up and party, like,
0: probably all that play stuff. like
1: Oklahoma, play like Oklahoma. They'll be happy, but I do think he needs, and if he can win this one, which is going to be in Tuscaloosa,
0: like, he be like the monkey off his back, he's never beat saving.
1: Yeah, he's never beat Saban, and they get LSU at home next week. So mm-hmm. you win those two, and then the schedule's a lot lighter up until they have to play at Georgia in Athens. But even if you were to drop
0: that game, like you said, ten and two, get the Sugar Bowl or Peach Bowl.
1: Yeah, like Band-based so. Is happy.
0: But All right. they, so, do you think they're going to win this game? Or
1: I think they are. I think it's going to be close. Like I, I don't think Alabama's going to come out and like put up a stinker. By any means, but I do think Ole Miss will have a couple of like these fluky plays that allow them to win it. And Ole Miss has always been the team that, you know, like I remember vividly when I was younger, they lost to Vanderbilt, and then the next week they beat Tim Tebow, Florida, when he gave the speech <laughs> and stuffed him on a fourth and one, which is like the only time he ever got stuffed on a fourth and one in like his whole career. So That's I could see them winning this game, beating LSU, and then losing to like Vanderbilt.
0: That I'm would sorry, be the- I got. I got this uh, shit-eating grin on my face because I think Alabama's going to win. I think it's going to be one of those games where, like, Alabama's down four with like five minutes left, they just march down the field and score. I'm going to tell you a stat that might be dis- that might discourage you. Guess who okay. is Ole Miss's leading rusher
1: right now? It might be Spencer Saunders or it Jackson Jack- Dart. It is, is it?
0: Jackson Dart. I was going to say Ole Miss's leading rusher. That is a and little bit. And you cannot be. It doesn't matter how untalented. You are, I mean, Alabama, they're still talented, but people are like, oh, this is the worst Saban team in years. I don't care. I don't care if Saban is coaching back at his Michigan State days. You cannot be one-dimensional versus Nick Saban. I mean, it is very rare. Unless you are the Joe Burrow team where you can just go, yeah, this is, we are the best offense ever. I mean, I think Ole Miss offense is good. I don't think they can be one-dimensional. Unless someone has a generational game, I think they're going to have to be able to run out pass.
1: Well, and what's weird about, and I was like looking that up earlier today, because and I knew like I didn't know who it was, but I knew it wasn't Quinchon Juggins, which is weird because he was fantastic last year. He was like virtually line. unstoppable. I mean, and like this year he's averaging like three or four yards a rush, which is not good concerning. Co- if, like
0: if you're a college NFL draft pick, that's like you said, that is concerning,
1: so I really hope that they can. I hope they can come out and jump on them early and then Alabama has to play. Alabama has to throw the ball to play catch up. I think that's where Ole Miss wins, but I also don't want Ole Miss to come down there and try to establish a run because they think they have to when, Mm -hmm. you know, you have good receivers. Jackson Dart is, looks a lot, like he looked pretty good last year at times. There's also times that you're like, dude, like, what are you doing? and I hope they have a little bit of – because they lost at the goal line basically last year Mm
0: -hmm. in Oxford.
1: So they need to win this one. That's all I'm going to say. I'll be extremely nervous. I'm already nervous for that game, but I'll be extremely (laughs) nervous on Saturday because I will be with a couple – one person, a cousin who went to Alabama and an uncle who is a diehard – Alabama fan who will have a shit-eating grin sitting on his back <laughs>
0: porch smoking a cigar if Alabama wins. <laughs> that is funny. Well, I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, the one thing that would scare you is Tommy Reese's Puff Colin plays. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's move on to the uh, next game. What's the Next game, we got Oregon State versus Wazoo. This is where I think is going to be one of two ranked versus ranked upsets that happen over the weekend. As you see in my name, if someone can pull it up cam Ward legacy game cam Ward has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country and no one is talking about him because the Pac-12 is so saturated with phenomenal quarterback play this year cam Ward beat Wisconsin last week. This is going to be a game that's in Pullman. Oregon state is good. I think Oregon state will be fine. I think Oregon state's not even going to play bad. I think cam Ward just explodes and single-handedly wills Wazoo to victory to give uh, wazoo the upset. I, I think this is Cam Ward is going to get on people's radars this game.
1: and He's been throwing like 400 yards a game, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, he so has like nine or ten touchdowns good. on the season.
1: And there's not, I mean, they're Wazoo, so they don't, you know, and he's also kind of in that weird, like, in-state battle where he's dealing with Michael Penix, who like, probably would win the Heisman Trophy if you like you really got down to it and like looked oh, at the stats like
0: if Michael Pennett's last name was Sanders and he was playing on Colorado it would be a runaway right now
1: yeah so I'm that one I don't really have a feel for I, I'm I'll be honest I haven't watched a ton of either team I watch a little bit of Oregon State and
0: San Diego State but I've watched Oregon State. They pound the rock. They look so physical. That's the thing. That's like this game, you're, you're going to find out really early how this game is going to go. Because Oregon State just goes like touchdown field goal touchdown. And like they're just be able to run the ball. It's over. And I look like an idiot on next week's show. Um, but if it's kind of like fluky, like touchdown pick punt and Wazoo kind of goes like punt and then like two crazy plays for touchdowns. And it's like, oh, crap, we got a game. You got a game, but yeah, no, this, this is going to be a classic mountain West game. Kind of like when those pre cam rising Utah teams used to play those really good Oregon teams. That's what I feel like this game is going to be like, it's it, it's a day game, pack 12 shootout. Like that turf is going to look extra hard and players are going to be, it looks like players are going to be running like four ones out there four one forties. Like this is honestly the game I'm probably most excited for of the whole weekend.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely under the radar, like you said, because you have the Ole Miss-Alabama game, which is SEC, so it's going to get a lot of pool. The, even the Florida State uh, Clemson one is mm-hmm. two brand names, so they're going to get a lot of pool. This one, and you said it's is it at one thirty? Uh, this this is, I think, 12
0: or the one thirty slot, yes. Or it's the okay, So slot. It's afternoon. Somewhere in the afternoon.
1: Somewhere in the afternoon. So they're going to be battling the Ole Miss-Alabama game and stuff like that, but I might have to tune into this one to see how your boy Cam Ward does. on the.
0: We'll see. I'm staking a lot on it. I've, I've been high on Cam Ward. I was high on him last week, and he pumped me up. He got that dub over Wisconsin like I, like I knew he would. So, yeah, Cam Ward, he, he's going to be on people's radars after this game. So let's get to the next game. What do we got? We got UCLA, another Pac-12 matchup, the double Pac-12 matchup. And I think the storyline of this game for me, is quarterbacks, because we don't know if Cam Rising's going to play, and Chip Kelly chips and dip, as I call him, uh, <laughs> Buffalo chips and dip. Uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, UCLA, he has not named a definitive starter. Uh, they, they have Garbers and five-star freshman Dante Moore, and Garbers has looked pretty good. Garbers looked fine against Coastal, but Dante Moore exploded on the scene last week and played an incredible game. So Chip Kelly still has yet to commit to a quarterback. Utah doesn't know if Cam Rising can play. Everything's up in the air. This game could go 50 different ways. I feel like I don't know who to choose. I think if Cam Rising plays, I think Utah wins. Cam Rising doesn't play, I think UCLA wins.
1: Well, this one's a weird matchup too because Kyle Whittingham is definitely underrated as a head coach with what he, he always has Utah competing. They might not be in the national title picture, but they're always competing. And because of how Chip Kelly's NFL tenure ended and his first couple of years at UCLA, he's kind of, I mean, he was the bell of the ball for, what, five years or so when he was at Oregon? Like, they were, he basically yeah, changed he was, how people do offense now. Like,
0: crazy. Yeah, he was only there for four, like like you said, four or five years, and it, his impact is still felt today. Yeah, like, so I don't think I ever saw someone... Oh, my gosh, what was the play that they used to run? Oh, he was the first team that I ever saw. I mean, this this could be wrong. There could be a team before his Oregon teams. Used, like, the, the scorecards for plays. I had never seen a team before Chip use the scorecards for the plays.
1: He also ran probably the coolest two-point inversion of all time in that national title against Auburn yeah. where the holder ran now, every off, team does does with that. the kicker.
0: Yeah.
1: I was yeah. like, that? I wanted them to win the game. When that happened, I was like, "That is the ballsiest two point conversion I've ever seen in my entire life." You're mm-hmm. trusting special teams guys that are the most unathletic people on the field against mm-hmm. an S. Like Nick Fairley was on that defensive yeah. line, and it, I mean, it worked. They lost the game, but yeah, it's weird because he was huge, and then it like the NFL, his style just didn't. Now they do, it didn't even work. because He was good for a couple years with the Eagles. He was. Everyone what, just they, caught
0: up, I think, and, and I think his in... leadership style is more suited to college because like a lot of college coaches, he's a control freak, and you can't be a control freak at the NFL level because right. they're grown men and college kids aren't. I mean, even though they're getting paid now with, with NHL, they're still 18, 19, 20-year-olds.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that one I'm pretty excited for just to see. I would think the winner of that would be what's Utah ranked right now? They're like somewhere in the teens, the teens. 17. So the winner of that will be close to top 10, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of like, like game we talked about before, like it's early in the season. You kind of have to win this one, unless you're going to go unbeaten the rest of the way. If you want to go to the pac 12 title game, cause exactly. these schools still have to deal with Oregon, USC, Colorado. We'll see how they end up playing once conference mm-hmm. uh, games start. Uh, and that's, I don't even know if we have that one on here, but Colorado and Oregon's a ranked matchup
0: too this week, right? Yeah, Colorado-Oregon, yeah, we can get into that. We can just wrap up the uh, Pac-12 matchups if we don't have that on. This is a game I don't think – people are saying Colorado's going to get the crap kicked out of them. I don't think they are, but I do think Oregon's going to win. I think Oregon leans on them because I think they're finally going to run into a quarterback – who doesn't look like a – I mean, just look at the quarterbacks that Colorado's played. Chandler Morris, just the definition of average, right? Everyone knows my opinions of Jeff Sims, so I'm not going <laughs> to even go there again. And then they played a guy last week. Who's who's the guy for Colorado State? Like He's fine. Like he he He's a good Mountain West quarterback. I would even say he's just a good quarterback. He's a good college quarterback. And they're going to be playing a guy who's ranked probably at this moment higher than Shadir Sanders is. Uh, in NFL scouting rankings, and Bo Nix, I, I think it's going to be kind of like that back and forth lean game, and then I think Oregon's going to lean on them a little bit. I think the talent up front, I think like the Oregon being there before, I think is going to show towards the end of this game.
1: But what happens if Bo Nix turns in, turns into Bo Pick?
0: Oh no! See, you've <laughs> you've um uh, reinvigorated his his alter ego. That hasn't been seen since the Georgia game of last year. Mo Picks, as I call it. And people who know me know about how I call There's There's two sides of Bo, Bo and Picks. Bo Nicks. See, I, 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 they get confused sometimes. He's like Jekyll and Hyde. There's Bo Nicks, starting college quarterback, will, will be drafted in the first round. And there was Mo Picks. Mo Picks couldn't even start on a high school team because he just can't read a defense and will throw five picks in a game and cost your team the game. So, yes, if Mo Picks shows up, we will know right away if Mo Picks is the one who shows up. Yes, I will be very nervous because I, I am hoping for Oregon to win. I have Oregon uh, winning this game, of course. And if Mo Picks shows up in the first quarter, I will be nervous.
1: And another big thing coming out of this game is if Colorado wins this game, they play USC next week, and that will be
0: the most watched game of the year.
1: The most game of the year and the tight regular season matchup that I can remember in a long time. Like you had some like week like Georgia Clemson a couple years ago, Alabama, Texas was this year, but
0: I think this will be is it fair to say this will be the most okay, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves. If Colorado wins, Colorado versus USC, and obviously USC has to win, but we'll we'll we think they're gonna take care of business. If they play. It'll probably be the most hyped game since Joe Burrow, LSU versus Tua, Alabama. And they were like, was it like one versus two or one versus three or two versus three then? But even then, I think this will just be more hyped, even if that LSU-Alabama game had more talent. This one will be so much more hyped. You have Caleb Williams-Heisman versus – and the biggest West Coast brand in USC versus Dion, the most polarizing story in sports right now. But yeah, Who do, you, do you think Colorado wins or do you, are you just kind of wishful thinking Colorado winning just so you could get that juicy matchup next week?
1: It's probably a little bit of wishful thinking, but I rode with them so far, so I'm going to pick Colorado. I think that they – if anyone can get a team hyped up for a game, I think it's Deion Sanders, and I think they're going to come in there. I think it'll be close. But I think at the end of it, Colorado gets the ball last. You go, mm-hmm. Like you just have one of those – Drives where Shador Sanders just marches them down the field, and the only iffy thing about Colorado—not the only iffy thing, but one of the more iffy things about them right now—is I do kind of worry if it's like thirty to twenty-eight, and Colorado gets the ball with a minute and a half left. Their field goal kicking has not been perfect by any means. Like they're flip-flopping kickers from Jay Feely's yeah. gun to that. Uh, the kid who came from Jackson Jackson, state. So that part makes me nervous for like some of the, for the end of some of these games. Cause I do think one or two are probably going to come down to a field goal. And like I said, they've been far from perfect on that, but I'm going to ride with Colorado until.
0: I mean, I think I might've been riding with Colorado if Travis was playing um, Travis Hunter, but with him out, I think Oregon just leans a little bit, and I I, I think it's a game that Colorado fans aren't going to be like, oh man, there's a huge gap. I think it's just going to be a okay deep breath. We had a good run. Now it's time to play this season out. We knew it was going to be a grind. You can kind of take a deep breath and start playing a little bit. Um, I'm excited for that one too. And let's get to the, I guess like the, the 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 stepchild of the ranked versus ranked matchups. It's a uh, Penn State versus Iowa. Because this one doesn't – I think Drew Aller is going to shred Iowa. But then another side of me thinks this is going to be like a classic Big Ten game where, like, Iowa's up, like, 13-10 in the fourth quarter and then below it.
1: I could see – this game will end one of two ways, in my opinion. Either Penn State will kill them and win, like, 28-10, to something like that. Or Penn State will get the ball down 13-10 to with, like – a minute left, and be in that classic Penn State freaking out mode, and get like safety with like yep. thirty-seven <laughs> seconds left, and, and,
0: and they'll, they'll just be that, like yeah. James Franklin, like trying to be like fake positive, like like clapping yeah. it up and stuff on the sideline.
1: And they'll he'll do like the like confused coach look, like up at the scoreboard, <laughs> <Yeah>. like
0: yep, <laughs>
1: how did that happen? like what just happened to us right
0: there? That like, yeah, every will walk-on will be going crazy, like iowa walk-ons do because they just have the most unathletic looking walk-ons of all time and yeah
1: (laughs) so yeah Uh, i'm excited for that one too that's gonna be the complete polar opposite of what colorado mm -hmm. uh oregon will look like you might see a total of like 30 pass attempts in this game (laughs) with how they both like to like drain the clock especially now with uh the clock not stopping on first down oh they're gonna drain it that's gonna be like you might get like four possessions each in the like seriously mm-hmm. like four possessions each in the first
0: half. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be an interesting, interesting one because it's you know well, luckily luckily Brian Ferent scored all of his points last week to get him above the twenty five points average. So he doesn't have to score that many this week.
1: That is true, and we now I guess. This one, and it's weird because like I feel like this game isn't getting, and I think part of it's the prime
0: effect, but we have Notre Dame and Ohio State this weekend too. Oh my goodness. You know what? That was the second game. I'm glad you touched on it because this is the last game that we're going to talk about. This is my second ranked versus ranked upset for the week. I think Notre Dame wins this week. I think Kyle Cord is not ready to play. I think Ryan Weiss it's going to show how I, I think it's going to be a good game I this is while my wazoo prediction I could back it up with facts about how Cam Ward's playing well and it's at home and Oregon State looks good but not great This this is purely on gut for me is Notre Dame beating Ohio State
1: I want Notre Dame to win more than anything but I have not Ever been the same when picking Notre Dame? The only time I've ever cried during a sporting event, and it was like I I had a complete come apart like mental breakdown was the Bush push. <laughs> that was legitimate. And I so if you always, see Matt Leinart, are you throwing hands? Well, now I kind of like him because he's like pretty likable on like the uh, <laughs> big noon kick of him and Reggie Bush. Like when they were on there, I'm like, oh, these guys are likable. And like I I was. When that game happened, I was hard. like 10 or 11 years old, whatever it was. But I remember vividly that day, I had a peewee football game, and the game started at like 1.30. <clears> my peewee game started at like 12.30, and I had my mom – I could care less if we were winning in the peewee football game. I didn't you know who we were playing or like what was going on. <laughs> but I had my mom giving me updates on the sideline. She's like, Notre Dame just ran back a punt return. So I get to the house. Notre Dame, it's 4th and nine for USC on like their own 20 and they get like a eight, like a 70 yard pass down like the 10 yard line with like 36 seconds off. I'm like, Oh God, please stop them. So then Matt liner, I'll never forget it runs to the sideline, gets hit before the goal line. The ball goes flying out of bounds, but the clock is still running and it goes to zero. So like people start like running on the field, like the coaches mm-hmm. all around right the field and stuff. And then they come back and they're like, Oh no, the ball landed out of bounds with like, Four seconds left or whatever it was and then the bush push happened and then i like screamed i hope matt
0: liner gets hit by a bus it was like a (laughs) so so you're using your past scars to keep you from picking notre dame because you think they're going to disappoint you yet again in the big moment
1: that is i if i could show you all the notre dame stuff i collected as a kid it was like anything that came out because they're Probably still the biggest brand in college football, even though they haven't won a national title in forever. You get a Manti
0: but, Teo jersey.
1: I didn't have that, but I had like this these books they used to make on like that had like old tickets in them, and I got anything Notre Dame I could get, I would pick it up. I had like Joe Montana. Did you pictures. have Lou Holtz's uh, Lou Holtz's hearing aids? I did not, but I got both of his books that he wrote. <laughs> so it was just like growing up, I like loved them, and they would just always. Like, the, even the year after that, they were playing, like, Michigan, and it was, like, number two versus number three. Brady Quinn was back. Jeff Samarja, they had national title hopes, and they Jeff lose by, Samarja. like, 26 at home. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, a, I want them to win, but they always seem to disappoint me. So I'm just going the route of not having expectations and hoping that pays off. I think. I, I
0: think for the first time in a while, Notre Dame has the – quarterback uh, advantage against Ohio State, I think that's swaying me uh, a lot too. So, man, that was a lot. That was a lot of ranked versus ranked matchups. Is there anything else you want to talk – I feel like I'm, like, ranked out. I mean, there's a lot. It's hard
1: to hit them all because there's so many – like, so many implications with all of those games. Like, they're all – it's so early in the season for all those ranked teams to be playing each other that it Mm – kind of feels like must wins for virtually every single one of them. So mm-hmm. it should be a good week of football.
0: Awesome. Well, with that, we're going to get into the uh, weekly segments. We have the uh, meme matchup of the week. And Zuch, I think you went last week. So I'm going to go this week for my meme matchup. And I'm going to pull it up real quick. My meme matchup is Boise State versus Sonny Morrisville for something that's happening off the field. Well, I guess technically about a field. So. I don't know if you know, Boise State has a trademark on all non-green turf fields. They haven't used that to make money. I I think Eastern Washington pays a fee, and but I don't think it's very large. But they let other teams use it. You just have to get their blessing first. Sonny Morrisville was the team that went viral, I think, earlier this summer for putting in a black turf field. A black turf. Yes, you heard that right. A black turf field. Um, I don't know how cleats just don't melt on that in the summer during training camp, but you know, I'm not the administrator there. So what do I know? Um, But yeah, they put in the black turf apparently without Boise State's approval. Now Boise State is getting upset because they have the trademark on it. And now Sonny Morrisville is challenging that trademark. So this could be a monumental if the court – if it ends up even going to court. It just kind of came out today. I had a different meme matchup, and it came out, and I was like, this this could get interesting, or it could end very quick with Boise State going, no, we won. Now you have to just pay us money. Yeah, it's
1: a that's always been a weird thing to me that teams had to, like, get their blessing. Like, I understand that they had, like, a patent on it or whatever, but I don't know how you – Have a patent on changing the color of a. It
0: is interesting because you it 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 would make sense if it was like oh we have it on blue, but blue turf is our patent and that's like you know what that 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 makes sense it's like the blue brand it's like a specific turf, but yeah like I I was while I was reading this this article it was like yeah like I think Central Arkansas has the purple and gray field and like they had to get the blessing so I don't know it's just some interesting off the football field stuff that all these little intricacies that boise state the kind of a nationally recognized brand even though they're playing terribly as of lately hoping they're going to get better but like this FBS brand can kind of get stood up by a, like a division two school in upstate new york
1: well i guess we'll see how that one plays out i would imagine that if they get if it does go to court a judge would say you can't you know have a patent on every color because you have a blue like just i mean i love boise state but that just doesn't really make much sense to me in like real life
0: terms i guess <laughs> it's it's a it, it's a little funky it's like uh when the business kind of conflicts with the sports it's like oh shoot man like i thought boise state was supposed to be the little guy and now they're kind of being like the now nah, pay us money little littler guy exactly so what is your what's your meme matchup hopefully it's more fun than some off the field drama
1: mine is and it's an underrated matchup it could it's very close to being ranked versus ranked but it is the duality of coaching when Jimbo Fisher meets Hugh Freeze <laughs>
0: this weekend in the Auburn A&M matchup what what this is like you know what this is to me this is like the Avengers versus Thanos. You have Jimbo Fisher and his Avengers. Like we talked about last week, the four horsemen of the apocalypse versus Hugh Freeze, who as much as we can joke about Petrino and like Jimbo and like all those guys, like they really only have like a couple of things wrong or they're just kind of funny. Hugh Freeze, there's like, we could do a whole show about Hugh Freeze's life and coaching career.
1: Like could this is going to be (laughs) prostitutes at Old Miss to the like hospital bed all the time the the hospital bed thumbs the hospital bed
0: wave (laughs) that is is the greatest greatest moment
1: in the history of code the fact that he had them
0: the interview from the hospital the week before when he's like and like he's they stick the ESPN camera in his face. he
1: became like he should always be in coaching based on that alone like i would if i was an athletic director and we were struggling i'd be like i'm hiring him just because
0: you'll get attention because he's you get attention he's a good group he's a good recruiter he's a good enough coach that he like won't embarrass the program but oh no exactly. that's a good matchup that's a good matchup and then on a, on a football wise it is kind of like a little another make or break for AM, i feel like because Auburn's not too shabby this year. I mean, they're not, they're not the greatest, but they're definitely not bad. And Texas a and still trying to find their way. Are they a great team? Are they a bad team? They're kind of like in that middle ground.
1: Right. And it wouldn't be, you know, it would only be – it would be their first loss in the SEC for either team. But for A&M, they didn't have two losses. Granted, they could still theoretically win the SEC West. But, you know, they had a – like every year they have, you know – national title expectations and to not even be it would be just a little bit past mid like i guess quasi end of september but to be out of it in september i think
0: they might find that money to buy Jimbo they eat I, I bet there's an uh <laughs> uh i bet a&m has their version of the yellow fella he's probably like an oil guy an oil bo- an oily boily that's a we. yeah <laughs> they don't have a yellow fella, but they probably have an oily boily they, they can get SMU the can find,
1: If SMU has oil money, you know that A and M has some oil money somewhere that they will
0: yeah, use they can, when necessary. They can get Johnny Football's oil money. <laughs> All okay. right, we're gonna get. Yeah, we'll do an off-season show about, and we'll talk about Johnny Manziel because that's. That's a funny meme in and of itself. That'll do, Johnny Manziel versus Twitter. That's a meme matchup of life. But uh, yeah, let's get to the high-low Buffalo for uh, this week. It's going to be predicted individual performances going into this week. So who we think is going to play well, who we think is not going to play well, and who we think is going to have a performance that still leaves some questions. So for my high, touched on it before, I think it's going to be Cam Ward. I think it's his breaking out party. and I don't want to get too into it because I already talked, I feel like, for five minutes about this already. But I truly think Cam Ward's going to break out this week.
1: I Yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic so far this year. They win that one, and he looks good. It's, it's starting to look like a juicy matchup each week they play. If he can keep on the current streak he's going of, you know, I don't know his exact passing stats, but I know – he shredded Colorado State. He, from what you said, is even after that game, has been really good. So he beat Wisconsin. Kind of like,
0: he beat, Wisconsin. Yeah, beat Wisconsin.
1: Wisconsin. They're kind of flying under the radar. So if he wins this one, and is, Wazoo's what, like 24 right now? 22. I think 22. 22 or 24. So they'll be top 20 if they win this game. And mm-hmm. that, I know it's a long ways away, but that Pennix versus Ward. Oh up. yeah,
0: you might get a thousand passing yards in that. Oh game. yeah, that'll be a that'll be an Apple Cup for the ages. Considering too, it'll be the last Pac-12 Apple Cup. Uh, interesting stuff. It, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting this off season, because apparently the sorry to go off on a tangent, but yeah, uh, what like UW wants to play the Apple Cup and Wazoo's like, oh maybe we'll play the Apple Cup, but you guys kind of like effed us over, so we don't we're not sure. So it'll be very interesting to see how it all plays out. What is your high?
1: My high, and it's kind of a homer pick, but you can't see my header right now. I can't figure out how to get it on there. But the Jackson Dart for Heisman campaign starts out this week with they're going to go into Tuscaloosa, beat Alabama, and then he's going to take out – oh, my God, I'm blanking on the LSU quarterback's name from Arizona State – Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels. He's gonna take him out, and it's gonna be blast off, starting this week. Blast off. This might come back to bite me in the ass if he has like three interceptions, <laughs> but I believe in Jackson Dart and his long golden locks and his half of his face painted with the ear black
0: or eye black, whatever they call it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I hate to burst your bubble because we're gonna have an interesting show next week. Because Jackson Dart is my low. (laughs) I don't think Jackson Dart is going to play very good. And I don't think it's going to be like an atrocious game where it's like, man, get this guy out of here. I think it's going to be like the most exaggerated version of what we've been seeing from Jackson Dart this year, where it's like, oh man, you're playing well, but come on, break through the glass. Come on. You're a good quarterback, but you potentially break break through the glass. And I don't think he's going to break through the glass. I think he's going to run full speed. Uh, like a toddler into a sliding glass door this week. And I don't think he's going to perform the best. And I think it's going to end up costing Ole Miss the game. So, yeah, that is my low. One of us is going to be right next week, and we're going to be able to rub it in the other's face.
1: That is true. That is true. Unless,
0: Unless Jackson Dart plays really well and loses, or he plays terrible and wins which would actually be the funniest thing ever. If he, if, if he plays terrible and wins, I think Ole Miss needs to be put in the playoff contention because that means their <laughs> defense is way better than anyone thought.
1: Yeah, if, they, if he plays terrible and they win, I will be shocked, to say the least.
0: All right, so what's your low?
1: My low and kind of an under-the-radar game. It's a Friday game, but based on what I saw this previous Saturday – Oh, no,
0: I know where this is going.
1: Based on how this person has looked so far this year, more often than not, I have to go with Taylon Green on my low. Oh, come on. Come and I know on. This, ha- is, this, this is, this is going to be the breakout game for him. I just don't – you know, even last week I saw it, and, you know, the one that actually counted as an interception wasn't even his fault. Riley Smith just, like, threw it to – North Dakota, but I don't know how much of that game you saw, but there was one when we were on the North Dakota goal line that should have been picked. And then I, he had I watched, another them, yeah. one. And then he had another one that should have been a pick six. six. And I don't even know if it's as much him or the receivers, but, you know, usually, and it's kind of fizzled out a little bit since Rocky Long left San Diego State. But, you know, that you know i know they lost to ucla 35 to 10 and they lost to oregon state 26 to 9 but that defense is still pretty feisty for a uh, group of 5 school so i just think that we might start getting a lot more i mean and it's you know he had a lot of hype coming into this season but if you're one of, if he starts one and three and he has a game where it's a couple interceptions and one touchdown or Two interceptions, no touchdowns, and you're one in three. Mad
0: dog time.
1: You're gonna like. Mad dog, the, time. Yeah, man. you don't just get the good when you're named the starting quarterback. You have to deal with the bad, and you know, like I said, I don't know if it's all his fault, but I think he is gonna have. And I think San Diego State's their offense is terrible, but. I think that it might be one of those like 17 to 13 finals where he struggles a little bit like he might break up like a the defense comes in,
0: but the defense kind of clutches up at the end with like a pick at the end or something like that
1: right so I just think and he had you know he was one of the top group of five quarterbacks coming into this year people based it off of last year which is what you do every season I'm not saying that's wrong but it just hasn't We played three games, and it's – I don't know if he's hit. I think he ended up hitting over 200 yards the other day. Uh, And granted, he got hurt in the UCF game. I don't know exactly how many yards he did with that one. And the Washington one, it was a blowout, so he wasn't playing in that one. But that's part of it too is, like, he hasn't – in two of the three games so far, he has not finished the game. And I know mm injury is not really your fault, but – most people would not would be questioning the starting quarterback if two of the three games they had not played and they had more interceptions than they do touchdowns.
0: That is concerning. I, th- I think these next two games are very telling because they're against good opponents, but not obviously to the level of a Washington or even a, a team that's probably going to be pretty good this year in the Big 12, UCF. Um, I don't think I, – I disagree with the – Low this week because I don't think he's going to be put in a complete position to be a low. I think like the game plan is going to be so run heavy, so like one read and then dump off heavy that he won't have the position to have a bad game. He might not have like the great game where you're like, oh yeah, this is like the this is why everyone's comparing him to Vince Young. But yeah, I I think he'll play fine. But I I, I totally get the when you don't finish two of the games out, and then you play, you're starting to get to the meat of your schedule in the conference game, the worry can start to set in. Um, and he,
1: last thing I'll say on him is he have better He better have said a ton of prayers the other day when Ashton Genty got
0: up and was able to keep playing after yep, he no. was, like, grabbing I think, his... I heat. think every person on the Boise State sideline, especially that day when it seemed like, Nothing was going right, and the only thing that was going right—I mean, Gentry did have the f- couple fumbles, but minus that, he was there. The-, the running game was the best thing going last Saturday. think like it the has been round, all guys. year long. Has been all all <laughs> all, all all year long. Tim Keen—he is—he has made me eat the crow for Boise State. He has done a good <laughs> job this year with that offensive line. So Tim Keen—they—they are—he—he he has those offensive linemen balling out. Uh, my Buffalo this week. And this could look really dumb uh, if Cam Rising doesn't end up playing. But I think it's going to be Cam Rising. I think Utah wins. And he plays okay, but it's going to be obvious that he has that rust that he hasn't really showed that he's played a ton of football uh, as of lately. So, yeah, that's why. It's, it's as simple as that. Like I, I, This is going to air on Wednesday, and I, they don't play until Saturday. But I don't think Cam Rising's availability – is going to be made till Friday or Saturday, because I, yeah, I, I, I checked today it's... and it was like, oh, it's still questionable. And I mean, yeah, if if you can pull something up, if if you have better sources than I do, I was just going off the ESPN app and Sports Illustrated. But if Cam Rising plays, I think it's going to be kind of like that Rust game where he shows flashes, but then he looks rusty, and then he plays good and bad, and kind of like that back and forth. It was just a lot, a lot indicative of Cam Rising's career. Is it's is he good? Is he great? Is he just average? Is he the guy that's, that has taken Utah to the next step? Or is he the guy that's holding them back? And if Utah got like a guy in the transfer portal who was dynamic, they could be kind of like where a Washington or USC is right now.
1: Yeah, it makes. I hope he plays because it'll make the game better. And they,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they need him to play. They do. Basically when it comes down to it. But for my Buffalo, it's another underrated matchup. And it's a battle. I'll see if you can guess that off the top of your head. It's a, it is a new conference game. Both teams are three and zero. Both teams have blue in their colors. One of these teams is traditionally bad, and the other one is they're okay. They're not like national title contenders, but they're both undefeated.
0: Any idea? And it's a new matchup, so. It's has got to be Big, tw-
1: big
0: 12. Yep. Big 12. So it's got to be Big 12. Um, both teams are blue. So I, I'm going to go B, BYU. Yep. And who is BYU playing this week? Give me a sec. Oh, my gosh. This is going to kill me. BYU. BYU versus Kansas. Yep. Both three Oh, now. my gosh. That is a very good matchup. That's probably a matchup, you know, when Wazoo and UCLA – And a lot of those end of 20 teams lose. This could be a matchup to see who's ranked next week. It is. And it's an afternoon game.
1: Like we talked about before, it's kind of battling some of those other, you know, marquee matchups. But my Buffalo, and I think this guy is going to end up getting drafted higher than people think. He's been through it, some would say. He's played at like nine different teams
0: now. Keaton Slovis. Keaton Slovis? Keydan Slov Mid, as I called him at Pitt. I mean, he's gonna... I like, okay. For anyone who thinks that's mean, I'm a big Keydan Slovis fan. I loved him at USC. was expecting so many things out of him at Pitt, and he just did not perform what I was hoping for. So that's why I've called him Keyvon Slov Mid. Uh, but as Zuch said, this year he is turning back into Keydan Slovis, thankfully.
1: His, And I think he's going to, you know, I think Kansas looked, and maybe they were looking ahead a little bit, but Nevada is horrible, and they only won that game by, like, seven, I'm pretty sure, and if BYU can win this game, they have, They after that, they play Cincinnati, at TCU, and Texas Tech, so winnable games, winnable games, and if they can, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to be, and granted, they haven't played a Big 12 game, they could, and four and eight for all i know but to start out four and oh is not a easy task i would think they would be ranked or at least close to be i mean a power five school being four and oh and not being ranked is i can't see that happening i know they're a new they'll school, be ranked. but
0: if they win they'll be ranked i Especially think because that... i plan i think i was gonna lose so that'll free up a spot <laughs>
1: So, yeah, I think that – let me double check right here and see. Yeah, Kansas won by seven, maybe Illinois by 11, and Kansas is at Texas next week. So I think that Keaton Slovis is going to come out. He might, you know, not put up 400 yards, but I think he's going to do just enough to get them the win over Kansas, the 4-0 start, and who knows how it goes from there.
0: Go Cougs, man. We'll get Cosmo going, man. Cosmo will be fired up doing backflips through Shark Tanks or whatever he does. Man, that guy's – I want to know – I know it might be breaking kayfabe, but, like, I just – I want to see what the Cosmo Cougar guy just, like, looks like in real life. Like, do you think he's, like, walking around BYU's campus and just, like, dude, I'm the man. Like, I'm Cosmo the freaking Cougar. I'm doing backflips through Flaming Hoops.
1: I'm sure he is because he shows off every time they would play Boise State. He would, like, one-up Buster Bronco for absolutely – Dude, I know.
0: I love Buster, man, but, like, Buster would just be, like, bu- pumping out, like, regular push-ups and stuff and be like, yeah, Buster, go. And then, like, Cosmo would would, would do, like, a backflip j- jumping push-up and then, like, start hanging out with, like, the cheerleaders at Boise State. And you're just <laughs> like, well, Buster, you lost that one, man.
1: So, yeah, it's a – like we said before, a – very
0: interesting week, which we didn't even touch on half the matchup. That... There are so many this week. are ranked. Is, there's so many. This is a park your butt on the couch. Get a Starbucks iced coffee in the morning. Watch the morning games. Get a sandwich for lunch. Go out, watch the late games at like a bar or something. Come back and watch Pac-12 after dark on your couch with no shirt in your pajamas like a disgusting pig. That is That is what I'll be doing.
1: I was a little surprised. I thought your meme matchup of the week was going to be the Louisiana Tech fighting Hank Bachmeyers versus the Nebraska <laughs> fighting Phil Sims, Justin,
0: Sims. Oh my goodness! You know what? I was ah, oh, that you know what? That is not a meme matchup. That's a that's a I am pro, I breaking news on the Zizucha Wild podcast. I am I'm protesting that game. I will, I love college football. I will not be watching that game. I've, I've officially protested that game uh, so I could save myself the pain and agony of having to watch that matchup. So you've heard it here first. I, I am protesting that game.
1: Which officially pro- protested. He ended up getting hurt at one point last week, Hank Bachmeyer. But at one point, actually, I have it on my phone because it was the funniest stat line I've ever seen in my life. I sent it to a buddy. Cause I was just cracking up. I've got to find where I put that, and I do not remember where did I put it. Maybe I didn't take a. At one point, he was like two of six for eleven yards with two touchdown passes.
0: <laughs> what a what a stat line. What a stat line. Uh, man, okay, maybe I will have to... no uh, officially protested. Officially <laughs> has been protested. Will not watch that game. Not so much on the Hank Bachmeyer side. I, I I wish he I, I wish Hank all the well. Jeff Sims. <laughs> nope. The complete opposite. You need to find a better situation. Maybe become like a graduate assistant or something and help some kids out. Not throw the football.
1: Well, the, yeah. Go the Clint Trickett route. <laughs> Clint Clint Trickett. Who's that? You're pulling up names out of the blue. He was like at he was weird because I can't remember if he started before he was around during the Jameis Winston era. And I can't remember if he started before him or after him, but he was bad. And then he transferred to West Virginia and wasn't any really any better. I think he had a decent season, but the last thing I saw on him was he was the offensive coordinator at, and he might, I'm sure he's somewhere else now. His dad was a coach. So he probably has a pretty good lineage to learn from, but he was the offensive coordinator at, Uh, East Mississippi Community College from uh, the last chance you last chance you, yeah.
0: Wow, Clint Trickett.
1: Clint, I will will find the info
0: on Clint Trickett and send it to you when we're done here. Perfect, yeah. Well, that was a great show, that was a lot. Thanks for listening through all that. Like we said, a lot of ranked matchups this week. Make sure to try to watch them all. This is this, this is the week to, yeah, like I said, just. Kick back and relax. Something bound's crazy to happen. So
1: exactly, yeah.
0: Zuch, anything you want to end on?
1: I don't think so. Just watch the games, and we'll be back next week.
0: We will be back next week. Thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you all stand in protest with me, uh, not watch that Louisiana Tech Nebraska matchup. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.